Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist for the Lakes and Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. On today's podcast, we are going to preview the Kentucky-Florida football game, which is Saturday. It's a noon start on ESPN. To get a scouting report on the Gators, I talk with Pat Dooley, longtime sports columnist with the Gainesville Sun. And to get a scouting report on Kentucky coming off that, we're not even going to mention the score, the, the loss at Alabama last Saturday. I talk with my regular preview guest, Josh Moore, the UK football beat writer for Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald leader. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it with Pat. Dooley, columnist for the Gainesville Sun, followed by Josh Moore, UK beat writer for the Lexington Herald Leader. Okay, my guest on the podcast now is the longtime sports columnist for the Gainesville Sun, Pat Dooley, but he is also the retiring sports columnist for the Gainesville Sun, Pat, Pat Dooley. And Pat, uh, now Saturday is your last game, is that correct? Yeah, what a way to go out with a Florida-Kentucky game. So something bizarre is going to have to happen. We know that. <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on your retirement. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to keep doing stuff, but I'm just not going to – you know, I'm retiring from the newspaper, and it's uh, – I, I think you and I bet, talked about it a lot. You know, there's a grind that, that's involved there, and yeah. at some point we just get too old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, you're still going to be around, and you're uh, you will still have your podcast in some form or another, and you yep. and you you'll you'll be writing somewhere, I'm sure. So we can't we can't get rid of you that easily. Uh, that's, that, that's for sure. Okay, we got Florida, Kentucky coming up on Saturday. Um, Florida, of course, uh, very good shape as far as SEC East is go. What, go, but first, Pat, what were the expectations for this Florida team this year coming? And obviously, it's a very unusual year with coronavirus, all the stops and starts, and all that kind of stuff. But coming into the year, what were the expectations for this Florida football team? Well, they were very high. I mean, people were like, "Okay, this is the year we beat Georgia. This is the year we go, maybe have a shot at the college football playoff." And part of it was because the schedule was set up so nice. You know, they had three uh, soft games and four, if you count FSU, which I, I think you could right? Um, in the non-con. And, and then um, they liked the way the schedule sat, you know, with LSU coming here is probably maybe their toughest game other than Georgia. And then of course the pandemic hit and the schedule got all jumbled up and they had to add Texas A&M, which they knew they were going to get one hard team from, from the other side. And they were kind of accepted of that. But um so they still came into it with high expectations because they had a lot of players uh, that they, they, you know, with Kyle Trask with Kyle Pitts with, uh, they were even with the offensive line pretty much coming back that the grad transfers that they got are, are, are uh, transfer portal guys. Stuart Reese has been a rock on the offensive line. Um, and then of course, just shorter. So all these guys coming in, they felt like this was their best roster and this was their best chance to do well. Okay, let's start with the offense. Obviously, Kyle Trask, and of course, Dan Mullen has Kentucky to thank for that because they knocked Felipe Franks out of the game last year. Had to go with Kyle. He's been amazing, having a terrific year. Uh, And obviously, he's got some weapons to work with. Uh, I mean, it's a little different. Would you say it's a little different Mullen offense because he's? It doesn't seem like the running game is quite as strong, but it doesn't have to be. They they they're so good in the passing game. Yeah. You know, it is funny, though. We have asked that question of both Dan and Kyle repeatedly because we're trying to get an answer. Have you ever thought about what would have happened if, you know, somebody doesn't roll up on Felipe Frank's ankle? Yeah. You know, I mean, who knows where Florida would be right now? So, um, you know, um, 
Trask has been an amazing story. Um, they are a different offense in that they're so pass heavy. Um, but they, and last year they were even more pass heavy this yeah. year. They, they do try to establish the run and they're not a bad rushing team. You know, after the game, I didn't feel like they'd run the ball very well. I looked down, they had 170 yards rushing against Vanderbilt the week before. Um, uh, I think they had 180, you know, so they're, they're, they're able to run the ball. They don't get a lot of attention because it's a three headed running back and they don't, you know, they give them equal carries and those guys also, catch a lot of balls out of the backfield and that, you know, those don't count as rushing or they, they kind of are rushing or so, right. but they love to throw the ball and they, they have a, with the weapons they have, you know, when you put Tony and Pitts out there and of course Pitts will be back for this game. Um, when you put them out there on, uh, on the same side, you just don't know what to do. And then you're basically saying we're going all one-on-one coverage on the other side where they've got two receivers or maybe three lined up. We can't double cover any of those guys. And they're pretty good. Trayvon Grimes obviously is having a big year. Um, so it is, it, it, he does have a lot of weapons and I will say this, the offensive line, which got a lot of criticism last year has improved, uh, and they're a lot better this year, and they're they're really protecting. I think they've only given up six sacks, or maybe seven all year. Wow, wow! What I mean, you say Trask has been an amazing story. Uh, just talk a little bit about his story. I mean, uh, uh, coming out of high school and and, and playing behind and being behind Franks. Uh, did anybody expect this uh, from him? And did they think, well, he's got the potential to do this, or has it just been a total surprise? Well, I wouldn't say total surprise only because there have been people that have been um, lauding his abilities well before um, they decided to go with Franks and, and, you know, even into last season before when Franks was named the starter. Um, You know, Lee McGriff is one of them, of course, former All-American of Florida, who's a color analyst for Florida. He's telling he's been telling us all along Trask is better. You know, you'll see if he ever gets to play. Uh, But if you're if you're. Dan Mullen, you walk in the door and this is your new job and you've got a six foot five quarterback who can run, who's got the strongest arm on the team and was a four-star recruit. You're going to start him. You're not going to start the two-star guy. In fact, you're probably wondering why the hell there's a two-star guy on this roster. Right. Um, so it is pretty amazing though that the, the, I mean, Trask didn't start. Everybody knows the story about not starting in high school, but he did play a lot. He was behind Derek King. And then he got here and he never really got a chance to play. But a lot of it was because he broke his foot before his sophomore year. And then when he was going to get a chance uh, against South Carolina, because grass, I mean, Franks have been so bad against Missouri, he broke his other foot that week. So he couldn't play. And then all of a sudden fate lends him a hand and, and, and allows him to get in there. And it is, he's a very, um, unflappable guy he's very cool he reminds me a little bit of a less funny danny werfel you know uh danny had a little biting sense of humor he could get to it but but danny was you never got really you know thoughtful answers from him he just kind of you know gave you the coach speak so he reminds me a lot a little bit of him and uh but he's i mean the year he's having he's i mean i i i've finally had to acquiesce and say yeah i think he is the heisman favorite you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I know it's still going to come down to the SEC championship game as to who wins it, probably. Yeah. 
Probably so. Okay, let's talk defense. Look like Florida's uh, Todd Grantham, who Kentucky knows over the years, Georgia, Louisville, Mississippi State, now Florida the last couple of years. Look like they struggled some at the beginning of the year, but looks like they're starting to figure things out. What? what a, where are they defensively? Well, they are a weird team in that they, for some reason, can't start games fast defensively. You know, Georgia uh, went up on them 14 uh, nothing. You know, Vanderbilt scored their first two possessions. They, they, you know, uh, Arkansas hit a bomb on like their first possession. For some reason, they have a hard time getting started. And then they have runs where they look really good. And then they can't stand it when they get too big a lead. So they got to give up another touchdown. Um, they're a weird defense in that way. And, and you look at the stats and they're terrible. Um, I think they're 67th in points allowed per game and 62nd in total defense. A little bit of that is skewed because the first three games when they didn't have Kyrie Campbell, who's been a real difference maker at defensive tackle. Um, now that they have him, it's, it's a totally different defense, but they still are very susceptible to teams uh, breaking off big plays against them. And I, I some some of it's very been very hard to explain, you know, why they're not better. You know, you got a Marco Wilson back for a senior year. You got a great corner on the other side in Kair Elam. You got veterans back there at safety who, for some reason, have decided not to tackle this year. Um, you know, I think the David Reese loss, grad who graduated, was the best sheriff tackler. But I also think. There, this is a team that's a little bit of the victim of the no spring football and, and not wanting to hit in uh, practice because if you hit in practice, you get a guy hurt, and you also have guys with COVID. Next thing you know, you can't play the game. Right, right, yeah. That's uh, like, well, Mark. Mark Stoops was saying earlier this week. Of course, he know Grant them a long time that, that Todd does a lot of exotic stuff, and it just takes a while. And I think probably right without the the preseason practice. For him to you get the hang of that and and to really feel comfortable in that is that is that a valid point? Absolutely, we've seen a situation like last week where guys were running to cover the guy they were supposed to be covering uh, as the ball was being snapped and um, and they, they hit the guy that he was supposed to be covering and it ended up being a big play. Yeah. I mean, they have times looked confused and as to where they were supposed to go, and they at times they have looked like. Um, you know, there have been busts in the secondary, but a lot of it has just been teams making really good plays against them. Really? Um, you know, uh, the catch that uh, the kid made and he tore his ACL on the play in, uh, in Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just stole the ball away from Marco Wilson, who's right there on the play. So Marco's playing it exactly the right way, but you've got to be stronger. You've got to want the ball more. But I, I've always tried to explain to Gator players in any sport, when you are when you are a Florida player, most of the league hates you. you know? <laughs> they just do, and they're going to play a little harder against you. And you've got to get ready for that. I mean, Florida's got an arrogance about it, as we all know. <laughs> maybe a little, maybe a little. Okay, and at Florida, of course, they got a lot more to play for, as you mentioned. Uh, probably in this, unless a, just a total collapse, they're going to be in the in the SEC championship game. Any Kentucky's coming off a sixty-three to three loss to Alabama. Any chance Florida overlooks this game? I don't think Florida's going to overlook them. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, John. Um, and 63-3 was not what Florida wanted to see. They wanted to see 34-3. They would have been very happy with that, you know. And I, I watched the game, so I know that Kentucky was giving them fits early. And until that botched field goal, it, it, then it just uh, obviously the, uh, the snowball started rolling down the hill. Right. Uh, 
But, um, no, I don't think they'll overlook it for two reasons. One, they should have lost last year. If Franks doesn't get hurt, they probably lose that game to Kentucky last year. And two years ago, they came in here and won with that very same quarterback who's going to start. So I, I don't think they'll overlook them. I think they, they look at them as a good football team that had a bad game. Um, and we'll see, though. Uh, because I'm not as concerned about Florida overlooking them. Uh, I think the concern here is that, because they're so physical up front, Florida's struggled a little bit with really physical running teams and whether, whether um, Kentucky could take advantage of that, we'll see. And how many, how many fans are, are they letting into the swamp these days? Well, uh, 17 is the uh, max, but they have not gotten to 17,000. It's usually been around 14, 15 ticket prices are really high. They're trying to make up, up money that way. And really, as a result, people have said, I, I'm not going to spend that kind of money to go sit way up high in the stadium. But uh, it will, so it won't be loud. It'll be louder than Vanderbilt, but it won't be uh, <laughs> crazy loud. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, they, they're still generate some noise. I mean, uh, I'm like you, John. I, I, I haven't been to a bunch of games just for the obvious reasons. Um, but I, I went to the first game and it was, you know, it was fairly loud, but it wasn't like, Swamp loud. Florida loud. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, this has been, they've been close games of the past few years. Uh, like you say, Kentucky beat Florida. Florida finally broke that long streak uh, two years ago. And then last year, Kentucky had a lead there in the fourth quarter until Florida came back and won. So it had, they've been competitive games. We'll just have to see how this year shakes out. Well, Pat, First of all, congratulations to both you and Robbie Andrew. I understand he's retiring. Longtime Gaines, a longtime Florida beat writer for the Gainesville Sun. Congratulations to both you guys. You guys have done a great job over the years. I know it won't be the last we see of you guys, and uh, really appreciate. Well, t- first of all, tell the listeners how they can follow you on uh, on Twitter and keep up with you both before and after your uh, your exit from the Sun. Yeah, uh, I'm still going to be on Twitter at Pat underscore Dooley and um, on Facebook. You can see easy to find me. And that, that's where I'm going to make the announcements about what I'm going to be doing podcast wise and um, writing wise. We, I've got some stuff in the, in the mix already. And um, okay. I just want to see John Clay again before my die. I mean, I. I'm I'm worried that we're never going to see each other. Oh, we'll again. we'll see each other. We'll we'll make it down to Gainesville. Uh, we'll look. You, we'll we'll see each other. We'll look you up, Jerry and I. Jerry Tipton, I will find you. We'll find you. Well, can't I, escape us that easy. We'll come I, down. I, I will have to go to the Kentucky game just so I can say hello. There you and go. We'll have to, and we can fist bump. There you go. You know, the last meal that I had in a restaurant was in was in Gainesville. Oh, it was after the go. basketball game. Jerry and uh, Alex Litz, our photographer, and myself, we ate. I can't remember the place we ate, but it was good. And um, that's it. That's the last time I've eaten inside a wow. restaurant. So it was right after that that everything, you know, got bad. So Yeah, it is It is amazing to think about what, what uh, you know, being at the SEC tournament, and I got to see one game. <laughs> and then I won't. Then all of a sudden, it, the world shut down, yeah. and I'm like, I hope I may. I was thinking about renting a car and driving home. <laughs> yeah, I was afraid of getting on a plane that well, day. So. I'll bet. I'll bet. Well, Pat, we really appreciate you being on the podcast. Be sure and check out Pat, as he said, on Twitter and on the Gainesville Sun up until up. At, Leading up to Tuesday. the game Saturday Tuesday's and after the game. game Tuesday's yeah. his last day. So again, congratulations, Pat. Thanks again for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. Hey, anytime, uh, John, you're such a great job up there. I hope the listeners appreciate it. What a great job you do. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Okay, thanks to Pat. We'll be right back with Josh Moore of the Lexington Arrow Leader.
Okay, my guest now on the podcast is Josh Moore, UK football beat writer for the Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. How's it going, Josh? How's your th- how's your pre-Thanksgiving going? Well, it's pretty good. I'm, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I'm a little bit ahead on some stuff this week, so I'm sort of just sitting here enjoying the rain a little bit and trying to, you know, mentally prepare for myself for this Thanksgiving uh, alone. I'm going to stay home and, you know, do all that be safe thing for I mean, I've done that before I mean, it's been a couple of years where I've had to work on Thanksgiving so it's not the first time I've uh, you know had to you know not be around family but it's, it's been a little while so we'll yeah. uh yeah. we'll get through it it's fine yeah we're we're staying at home too we're not uh, we're not going like we normally do uh, on Thanksgiving my wife and I were staying at home uh <clears throat> same thing with my kids so um they're staying at their respective homes so uh yeah, it'll be a different Thanksgiving, but it's just one Thanksgiving, and hopefully this will be the only one we'll have like this. And by this time next year, everything will be back to normal. But uh, let's talk about uh, UK football, of course, coming off that loss to Alabama by that unspeakable score at Alabama. Uh, we got we're recording this on Wednesday morning, so we got Mark Stoops on Monday, and we got Eddie Grant and a couple of offensive players last night. Uh, what's your impression of uh, how they've taken? Uh, taking the loss and how the last few few days have gone since that uh, 60 point loss at Alabama. Well, they act like they're, you know, eager and ready to get back at it, but I don't know. I can't, I mean, they're not going to come out and tell us that all oh, their, their shoulders are, you know, shrunk and, and they're ready to right. you know, go out there and, you know, pack it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have any reason not to think so that they, you know, if you're a, athlete you've you got a lot of pride you want to go out there and 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 do something you know to, that suggests you're better than what you showed on saturday and what you know and they are better than what they showed on saturday i believe it's just it's very yeah, that was a very unfortunate trip to tuscaloosa for a few reasons but one of them being i think you know it, it gave people you know maybe it, for a lot of people that was probably the first time they watched kentucky play this season and for it to go that poorly was not, you know, I don't think Kentucky, I think that we, we've got enough of a sample size that to know that they're not a really great football team here, but I don't, they're, they're not a bad football team. And, you know, they're, they're kind of Midland. I think they're, they're more of a mediocre team than they are. Yeah, I like that Midland. Yeah, you don't hear that very often. <laughs> you hear that every once in a while. I think that's a good Kentucky phrase, Midland. Yeah, I get that sometimes. People, uh, there's a few things I say. People are like, "Yeah, you don't." That's a, especially for Eastern Kentucky. That's kind of a well. Yeah, that's no. I've heard that phrase. You know, growing up, and I probably I've used that phrase. You just don't hear it very often. But that's a that's a. I think that's a good Kentucky phrase. (laughs) But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, and it's a good. It's a it's a representative. Uh, Exactly. Yes. They, They they you know they. I mean, we we'll get into this, but they're a team that it wouldn't shock me if they won this weekend. Yeah. I mean, as weird as that is to say, coming off that game this past weekend, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team, and and for whatever reason, I mean, we, we've talked about all of it. There's you know they've dealt with a lot of personal struggles and and the coronavirus and and just the, the all SEC schedule being you know what it is. Um. But I don't think this is a bad football team, and I think that's, you know, unfortunately the perception that a lot of people came away with on Saturday, including probably some fans. There's probably people who watched the team all season that 
suddenly think they're, you know, right. not worth watching. Either. And I don't know that's the case. I don't think this is a bad football team. I just think they're, they just are what they are at this point. And, and, and it's unfortunate that what they are is something, is a, a collection of pretty talented guys who just haven't put it together. They, they can't, you know, they can't seem to get, you know, both sides of the ball going at one time. And it's any time there's a letdown, you know, like you at Alabama, the offense was playing pretty well. But you couldn't finish, and so there's that there's that wrinkle, and all that stuff kind of piles starts piling up, and then you just get beat down by yourself, and and you know they weren't going to win that game. They scored, they you know they they could have scored on every possession, had a chance you know in that game, and maybe there there's a situation where they maybe could have led at halftime, but it or been tied or something, but they weren't going to win that game. It, but it was you know. They did not. Also, should not have lost it by as much as they did, and uh, you know it's uh, it is what it is, and you got to kind of push it to the back of your mind, especially if you're a player, and uh, you know just try to try to get off of it. There ain't nowhere to go. You definitely don't want to be going down. No, no, not from that. No, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there are a lot of uh, circumstances involved. Obviously, when as Stoops alluded to after the game and then again on Monday, they had some guys practice during the week and then find out Friday that they're not going. He mentioned Justin Rigg as one particular player starting tight end and a lot of their game plan revolved around having multiple tight end sets uh, and you lose Rigg. And especially, you know, it's one thing if you find out on Monday you're not going to have those guys. If a guy's injured or whatever, you can try to game plan around it and prepare the backups. But when you find out Friday, that's – you lose guys like Chris Rodriguez and Justin Rigg and Jamin Davis, and hopefully they'll get some of those guys back. What do, what do we know about that as far as now? You, you they put out the depth chart on Monday. What what did the depth chart say? What what do we think anyway about getting some of those guys back? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, Jamin Davis was the guy that jumped out as, as being on the depth chart that where you really like to see because they they don't have you know they didn't have any depth at linebacker coming into the season really, right. and uh, you know. They've kind of pieced it together some, but but you know not having him was was huge on Saturday. Um, so having him, you know, him being listed basically if they're listed this week, it was interesting because I wasn't expecting them to. List. I thought they were just going to trot out the same depth chart as last week and basically just leave us in the dark until Saturday. But no, they 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 made some adjustments. You know, Rodriguez was missing, but you know, Stoops came out later, or I think it was later Monday. I can't remember if it was when he was speaking with us or if it was during his radio show. He mentioned that that you know there was a guy that had a false positive that they might have back. I don't. I assume that you know. I would guess that's Rig or, or Rodriguez. Uh-huh. But you know I, we don't know that for sure. But right. either, you know one one of those, having either one of those guys would be you know great. Obviously going to Florida, but you see a lot of you know what struck me even more on the depth chart is you saw a lot of new names, you know, on the D line and, and in, in, in some spots that you, you, you wonder, you know, I guess it sounds like it's a combination of, um, you know, COVID protocols, but also just performance. And, and it's a lot of young guys, a lot of true freshmen that, that are going to, you know, for better or worse, maybe get their first, uh, first taste of things here on the road this week. So it'll be, um, you know, there, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And there's a lot of, 
a lot of talent, obviously, but it's, you know, young and, and inexperienced. <laughs> They're guys that, uh, you know, haven't, haven't, haven't really even played games in Lexington, let alone, you know, in Gainesville. Right. Right. In front of you know, eighteen thousand, twenty thousand, whatever the number of people that they're allowed to have is down there, so right. it'll be it'll be a interesting to see how this all goes with with that and how they you know and how they just give you know, where they're at at the end of the week because there's no you know you never you go you could be going out on Friday again and have the same thing happen to you right, right. You know, and then and then you're you know in the same boat as you were last week so it's kind of hard I guess to to really you know, suss out how it's going to how it's going to look when they take the field. You know, hopefully last week, if nothing else, kind of got them a little bit more ready for the the possibility of something like that. Because I mean, if they were so beholden to that, you know, twelve personnel stuff that it, you know, and and those and those kind of things, you just got to wonder. Well, why didn't you have somebody else ready to go? <laughs> you know, it's kind of. Well, I mean, they they did. I mean, like you know, they moved the ball pretty well during the first half, or most of the first half. Uh, yeah, I think they had a three and out on their first possession, and the next three possessions were something like nine, ten, and twelve plays, but they couldn't finish and made a field goal and then botched two field goals, <clears throat> and then it was all you know downhill from there. Uh, but um, so I mean, it, it wasn't like they you know they did a few they did some good things early on, but they just were not able to capitalize on them, and then. I think uh, I've used this phrase several times this week, but I think they let go of the rope after that. And uh, the defense, uh, you know, I think every possession after after the uh, botched field goal was either three plays or less. So, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on your defense, especially when you're playing an offense as good as Alabama, the, as Alabama uh, right now. But, uh, wait, okay, let's go. You mentioned about that you wouldn't be shocked, totally shocked, if uh, – if Kentucky beat Florida, Kentucky won that game. What what do they have to do? What what gives you the feel? What why do you think that that's possible? Because people would say, how in the world could you say that after sixty three to three at Alabama, and now they're going down to play another top, you know, what's Florida number six, I think, in the country right now, in the rankings. Yeah, yeah how? Yeah. What in the world, Josh Moore? Do you what in the world gives you the belief that you think they could beat Florida? I don't disagree with you. I'm just put, I'm just putting you on the spot. Yeah, no, it's, 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 you know, some of it, I think it starts with the fact that they've beaten them, you know, within the last three years, some of these guys that'll be playing are, were part of that last team that got the win in 2018. And, and it's a program that they've played really close, you know, for most of the last five or six seasons. Now that only the last two, I think the last two are the most important to look at because, you know, Dan Mullen, those are the two that he's been in charge, but, and, and he's obviously, I mean, they're, they're rolling offensively. That's, Maybe even the biggest difference between this year and the first two um, Mullen seasons is, is that really they've, they've they've got it rolling. Like he, he's kind of got that engine purring the way he wants it to offensively. But they they are they don't you know they don't strike me as a this is kind of defensive force that they were the last couple of years. So I think that's where you kind of you got to make up the ground if you're Kentucky. I, I think that the thing is, if, if they can keep up, and that's a big, that's a big if because we've you know we've seen this offense and and you question why it doesn't work and what's going on and but if they can come up with a a plan and 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 stick with it and and not have anything derail them and and actually score 
when they get into these red zone situations that have just belabored them all year, they 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 can. I think they can hang with Florida. I think you know stopping them. I don't think you can go in thinking you're going to keep them from 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 moving the ball on their side because you you know unless you you know, can come up with some of the turnovers and some of those things that that you've shown you're capable of, of, of achieving. But you you also you know just really hone in on. I think Trask, like locking him down, obviously he's a great quarterback, but really keeping him, you know, as your point of focus as the defense because they've been very boomer bust, you know, when you just pick through the stats with the run. It's either they either rack it up or don't have anything going. Yeah, yeah, they don't have the typical Dan Mullen running game. Not this year. They And they haven't needed it up to this point because Trask, Trask has been so good and he's got a lot of weapons and they get one of those weapons back. And Kyle Pitts, who might be the best tight end in the country, who's missed the last couple of games. He had got a concussion in the Georgia game. But he is, a, uh, so Mullen said Monday, he will he should be back on Saturday. Um, but yeah, the, and the point you made about the Florida defense, they really struggled at the beginning of the year. They seem to be figuring some things out. Uh, but they're not quite as good as they've been in the past. Todd Grantham's their defensive coordinator. He's very familiar. He was at Louisville. He was at Georgia, uh, Mississippi State. He's been around the block, uh, played Kentucky, as Eddie Grant said last night. He's you know they faced each other many many times. To me, one of the big keys for Kentucky Saturday is they got to get off to a decent start. If they get off to a bad start, I could see them hanging their heads and. Here we go again. So I think they they need to get off to a good start. I think that's that's one of the keys. Oh yeah, I think you you need to do everything out of the gate to wash that Alabama thing out of your mind. Yeah, you're like, right. Get the, you're right. And, I mean, what'd be really great for Kentucky, I think, would be I mean, you know, getting off to a good start. I think it starts with when the when the dang coin toss and and <laughs> and. <laughs> and not be not have to trot your offense out there yeah. to start things. You know, like start the game with a defensive possession and, and a stop. You know, something that um, you know maybe. I mean, people go back and forth on what's better to do, but I think for Kentucky, you know, the last last few games, they've started the, the games on offense, and and it's just it sets the tone because they go three and out, and, and it's like, well, here we go again. And 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 right. I think to you know keep your offense off the field to start the game, and even if you give up a touchdown, you know like if you you obviously want to go out there and get a stop, but you know at least let the defense be the one that gets off to a bad start and and, and have to do something. <laughs> maybe get forced to play with some urgency, you know, right after you go out there and give up a score, and then it just kind of change the you know how you go about and you know that first drive. I mean, I think those first uh, those drives. I mean, I have to go back and look at every game, but it seems at least the last few they've really, you know, stubbed their toes. I mean, except maybe Vanderbilt, you know, on the first drives of a lot of these games, and it's just it's really been a tone setter. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, the, yeah. They got to get off to a good start, whether offense or defense. Yeah, I'm putting the defense on the field first. If they could get a stop of Florida, I mean, you know, that would that would certainly help. Uh, it's a little different this year in the fact, as you mentioned, Florida. Uh, yeah, I think they were allowing like eighteen to twenty thousand fans or something like that. So you're not going to have the typical eighty thousand, you know, in the swamp. Uh, it's a noon game, but it's November. It's not you know September when they've been playing them in the past. So. 
you know, that's a little different. Um, uh, what else about this game? I was gonna say it's really too bad that this game isn't in Lexington this year because you'd, you'd finally you finally get the Gators and the Colts. Yeah, that's uh, the way it used to be. It used to be back in the seventies. Uh, that changed in the early nineties. Back seventies and eighties, they yeah, the Florida game was always in November. Frank Kersey, when he was the coach at Kentucky, he used to put Florida on the on the side of the. He used to switch sides of the field and put Florida in the shade so it'd be colder <laughs> and have Kentucky in the sun, but. Uh, that stopped when they uh, first expanded the league to Arkansas and, and uh, South Carolina, which I guess was 92. They moved Florida up to a September game, moved it up early in the schedule. So you couldn't do that anymore. It didn't make any difference to do that anymore. <laughs> but, yeah. you're, but you're right, yeah. It's a shame the game isn't up here. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, I guess they do that because of what? Probably travel reasons, just so you can block off the hotel, like kind of know everything. You know, yeah, I, I guess. guess they do but. I don't know. To me, I'd love it if they just shook things up every year or every two years. Just moved them you know, on. Yeah. If you, you know, like, you know, like Vanderbilt's always a November game. It's like, well, why don't yeah. you, why don't you, you know, give Kentucky Vanderbilt to, in, in September, to, you know, get yeah. off to one part in the, in the league or whatever. But, right. Um, no. I mean, I think, you know, as far as this year's, though, I think just, just go down there and, you know, I mean, have some faith that you belong on the field with that team because you do. I mean, talent-wise, they're not. You know, Florida's got more talent, but it's not. It's definitely not as wide as as Bama in Kentucky, no. No. and and it's it's you know they're a program that still, you know, Bama's been there. I mean, Florida, you know, obviously historically Florida's fantastic, but this current iteration of Florida is still, you know, they're not that much different from Georgia as far as. You know, okay, what have you done? Like, right. you know, you're good. You're really good, and you're high in the rankings, and and you're, you know, you, you've got all this you know, great stuff going on for you. But what have you really done? Okay. So, and and I think that's something. If you're Kentucky, you know, you can be the ones that kind of knock them from the, the pedestal a little bit, run their, and you know, and then you go out and. and play. You know, South Carolina the next weekend, and all of a sudden, you know, for Kentucky, this is a huge weekend because you get a, you still have a chance to go, you know, have a winning season this year if you can win this game. Yeah, beat and, South Carolina, and, go to a bowl, win the bowl, and you end up six and five. And, and for all the stuff that they've dealt with, and for you know, as, as you know, kind of downtrodden this year has been just for everybody, and, and you know, and that team. I mean, if they could finish this season five and five, and go going into the bowl game, that'd be. I mean, it sure would color. It, it would be such a weird season to evaluate when you get to the end of it. If they if they finished, you know, two and zero these last couple of games, and and then you look back on it and wonder, well, how, why weren't they better? You know, it's just right. one of those things, I guess. But right. um, you know, we'll see. Right. I uh, we'll see. Yeah, sure hope it's competitive. You know, that's the you know oh, I said yeah. that last you know said that last week, and you know, and I, you know, and it was. I mean, the final score certainly did not show it, but for a half, it was a really fun game to watch. As far as like, if you were, you know, if you just if you weren't like didn't have to be rooting in it and just watching the game, you know, you're like, oh, you'd be like, oh, Kentucky's kind of you know kind of hanging with them, yeah, but. You know, it obviously <laughs> it the ice broke and there. underneath they went. So, 
Yeah, after that. Uh, what what do you got coming up, Josh? What anything in particular the listeners should look for? Uh, nothing. Nothing real special. Predictions, you know, still on on track for uh, the end of the week when they come out. There's a mailbag out there. Answered a couple questions. One, um, one wasn't really so much a, a breeder question as much as it was just something kind of I've been wondering about. So I kind of self submitted a question and uh, <laughs> and kind of let it off with that. It kind of pertains to the ball situation and how it all will play out. So that's out there now. If people want to look for that. Um, otherwise, I'll be uh, helping Jared Peck with the high school stuff on Friday. If people want to fall on uh, Friday, Somerset's coming to LCA for the playoffs, the high school football playoffs. And that's, a, uh, of course, uh, Kai Sharon, Somerset's quarterback, is committed to Kentucky. So he'll be uh, somebody if you want to kind of see what he's up to. I'll I'll be you know posting highlights and doing all that stuff on Twitter. So I think, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of the wait till saturday well good well yeah we will we'll we'll not be in gainesville of course because of COVID, but we will be uh covering the game from here uh on it's on espn not on the sec network this week i think so uh that's a little different uh but we will be covering the game be sure and follow josh on twitter josh Moore hl be sure and cover uh check him out friday as he said as he covers uh the high school football playoffs he and jared pack jared's at hl preps and uh, be sure and check out all of his work in Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Arrow Leader. Josh, this has been a very optimistic uh, podcast, considering they're coming off a sixty-three to three loss. So, well, I mean, I <laughs> they can't accuse I us of being negative to being too negative <laughs> after a sixty-three-three loss. We're talking about ways that they could beat Florida, so uh, they can't. Yeah, talk, they can't accuse us of that. So, anyway, I, I've always. I've always been a more optimistic person. That's good. That's good. By Nate. That's good. You know, I'm a, I'm a cynic sometimes, but I don't know. It's football and it's 2020. Why not, you know? Yeah, anything can happen. Why not be- <laughs> That's right. Anything can happen in crazy 2020. So, well, Josh, have a good Thanksgiving, and we will uh, be talking to you again next week. Awesome. You have a great Thanksgiving, John, and don't uh, do not do anything crazy. Don't go crazy with online shopping Black Friday. Oh, I won't. <laughs> Believe me, I won't. I won't. <laughs> so, all right, Josh, thanks. I'll see you. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Pat Dooley of the Gainesville Sun and Josh Moore of the Lexington Arrow Leader. Be sure and check them out. Uh, be sure and check me out on Twitter. My uh, Twitter account is John Clay IV. Send me an email if you want to. It's jclay at herald-leader.com. Give us a rating and review on the podcast, that you can, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google uh, Podcasts, and also iHeart Podcasts. That rating and review really helps get the word out, that, and we appreciate that. We appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast, and we'll have plenty of coverage from the Kentucky-Florida game this weekend. Be sure and check that out online at Kentucky.com, and we'll be talking to you again soon.